already, mm-hmm. I already know Calvin's got that. Thinks there's a better defender. I already know. Oh no, no. Duality is oh, the I best perimeter gonna, defender. I thought you were gonna say some Matisse Thybul kind of shit. Um, oh. <laughs> What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple Threat on the Hill podcast. As always, we have me, Daniel. We got Sean and Kelvin back at it. Another episode, boys. How we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we doing excelente. All right, we're, that, that's great. We love to see. We're really here. We're in the middle of summer here, July twenty seventh. We're recording this at about seven thirty p.m. A lot gone down in the sports world. Uh, couldn't quite coordinate uh, a time. That was my fault on vacation uh, when the finals ended. But um, we are ready to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, which team actually was better. Um, what we're... Lights out, lights out. <laughs> I think the lights out. <laughs> okay, so apparently we have some technical difficulties because uh, there is apparently a storm near Boston. So Daniel, I think, just lost power. Pretty sure. It's pretty funny. His screen is frozen. Me and Kelvin are laughing. Um, not really sure what to do now. Should go on without him. <laughs> hey, man. I think we can weather the storm. Oh, my. <laughs> if I do in any scenario... Uh, I guess I could take it over from here for a little bit. So, basically, we couldn't really coordinate the time last week. And so, but we're going to talk about now the finals. We're actually going to talk about what we were supposed to talk about last week. And in the end, Milwaukee won in six. The meme was Milwaukee in six. And it didn't disappoint. Uh, So, if anything, I think Daniel was talking about we were going to talk about if the best team deserved to win. So, Sean, Sean uh, the best team actually won? Well, first of all, are you not going to hype yourself up a little bit? Because me and Daniel picked the Suns in like seven or something. And and uh, Kellen was like, you know, Bucks in six because Giannis. And that's pretty <laughs> much what he said. And then, I mean, shit, that, that's what happened. Like, he was just like, all right, yeah, so like, I'll drop 50, I'll win. You know, we're good. Well, I'll, I'll help out Kelvin's prediction real quick. I should have put money on it. <laughs> I should have put money. I, bro, I tell you, I should have put money on the Bucks winning. Such a big sell for me. Uh, but yeah, Bucks did get it. Giannis did come through with a 50 piece shot. Holy Whatever he shit. shot from the free throw line, Francis, uh, Steph Curry. And Daniel's back. He wasn't the Who was that? Oh, that? oh, dude, that was wild. I, I was in the middle <laughs> and I just lost power. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'll, I'll listen in. What were you guys talking about? We were just talking about, uh, yeah, the meme. The memes and um, how Giannis was able to drop 50. Bucks were able to come back, win it in six. Like, I would give myself credit, but I find it's better to be humble in certain situations, right? Especially when I didn't bet money on something I should have. So, <laughs> that, that's really how I feel. But, Sean... I go back to this question. Do you think the best team won? I think so. I think so. Because maybe you could argue that the Suns were better. I mean, Chris Paul didn't really play like himself. Maybe he had a lot of injuries. I don't know. I don't know. But I think 
from pretty much all the stats on the series, like the series was even. The teams were even the entire time. And at the end of the day, when when the teams are even in the NBA, there's two things that could really, you know, change change the outcome or determine the outcome. And that's a star player and a coach. <laughs> Credit to Bud, he actually coached a good series. I think it was his best performance oh, in the playoffs. He actually adjusted, and Monty Williams kind of sold a little bit and got outcoached by Bud, which I didn't expect yeah. to happen. But I think it really just came down to Giannis, like Helen was saying, and he was a super-duper star. He just dominated every time he was on the court. He was a positive. Like His team could really legitimately couldn't have done it without him. And, yeah, now he's he's that guy now. <laughs> he is that guy, and he deserves to be that guy. People are already putting him for next year, their top 10. He's number one in people's top 10 for current NBA players. <laughs> right? It's crazy, crazy. It's, it's crazy. And also thinking about what Giannis has done at 26. Look, you're talking to – you're listening to a guy who used to, like, not like Giannis. Why? Because I was a dickhead, all right? I was like, oh, I want Joel Embiid to be the best player in the Eastern Conference. And the, at the end of the day, you have to appreciate greatness. You got to love it, Right? And to see Giannis at 26, uh, what was it? MVP, two-time MVP, finals MVP. He's in the finals, multiple-time All-Star. Has been through a lot of struggles, right? His father passed away a couple years ago. This man has done so many great things, and he deserves to be called a champion, and it's so fitting that he is a champion, to be honest with you. But I do think the better team won, right? I don't think it was because of the players. Okay, okay. It was because of the players, right? Chris Paul shit himself, and of course, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Paul shit himself, and the Phoenix Suns lost Dario Sarge, and they were huge deficit on the boards, right? And no one besides Aiton could guard Giannis, and Aiton sometimes got into foul trouble. Those are very key points. Why? What I'd say though is that Coach Bud fucking whooped the fuck out of Monty Williams. First off, I was so proud. He took out Brooke Lopez in fourth quarters. He he put those Brooke Lopez moments to like a minimum where he could. And he kept Bobby Lopez in there. A lot of Giannis as a five. A lot of switching, just intense defense from the Bucks. And let me tell you, it made me smile. It made me happy. So in my mind, uh, Mike Budenholzer learning from the past, right? Doing what they've been practicing all year. And having Drew Holiday eat that shit shit up every time he saw Chris Paul every time he saw Devin Booker try to drive zoinks cookies give me that other way Giannis throw down the lob I'm telling you I feel like coach Bud actually really came as much shit as we gave him he actually came through took out Brooke Lopez when he needed to and and played the mind game with Monty Williams uh-huh. I love See, this, so, uh, yeah sorry about that technical difficulties but uh, yeah no I agree definitely like the better team won and that uh, that what uh, what's his face? Uh, for me, it was very it's very simple. And the difference between those t- last two Bucks teams and this Bucks team, for me, I noticed that like wow, if you just use Giannis in the post, he's unstoppable. <laughs> but if you let him wander around a three point land, he's e- you can easily double him and draw charges on him. I just noticed a lot of more post plays that Bud drew or Giannis said like give me the fucking ball in the post. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm better than everyone. Like, also, his ability to make free throws. Honestly, <laughs> that game was one at the free throw line, if you ask me. 17-19 from free throw line? Like, that's unheard of from Giannis. And, and, then you, and then if you look at the free throw stats, 
in all the games, the Bucks were always had more free throws. If you look here, Bucks with 29, made 25, and then uh, Phoenix shot 84%, 16, but only 19 attempts. And so I think that Giannis's aggressiveness combined with Drew Holiday's defense, like you said, like, I mean, that man Tim from the field, four of 19, two of seven from three, but his defense on Chris Paul was major key, uh, especially in game five when they clamped on Chris Paul and then they threw the lob to Giannis that, that clinched that game on the road, the only game one on the road this series. And so I would say, like, my background before my power went out, Giannis, the 50-piece at Chick-fil-A, like, congrats to him. Like, yes, this definitely elevates him. What a lot of people and what I'm kind of proud of is the fact that it didn't take him to, like, go somewhere else to win. He was drafted in Milwaukee, homegrown kid from Greece, like, and he won it with basically, like, Chris Middle, like, another all-star. He really is, the roster built around him, it was really him who carried that team to the championship. And you just kind of, like, got to stand up and applaud for that. So I, I... I was on Phoenix in six and, and Milwaukee won in six, but like Kelvin, congrats. That was a good, great prediction by you. I honestly been, thought, man. I thought that the Phoenix home court was unstoppable and, and it proved to be uh, incorrect. So that's good. Good job by you. Yeah. That was flipped. Milwaukee home court is the one that's unstoppable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. With what you were saying, too, Daniel. Oh, my fault. You gotta oh yeah, no, I was just going to make this one point, like what he was saying about the free throws, like any other game, Phoenix wins that, yeah. but Giannis just clutched, like his free throws, he made almost every one, which doesn't happen, you just, like he makes half, or just like his regular number, like they don't lose and they have to play game seven, but you just kind of knew like something magical is in the air, like I think it was his second or third free throw, like it toilet bowled across the rim. And then just like gently rolled in after like 10 seconds of rolling on the rim. And after that, after I saw that, I was like, yeah, Buck's got this one. Like It's just his night. You just knew it was his night from the beginning. And it's, it was crazy. Yeah, for sure. And like, like, I, it just felt like I was laughing. I was thinking about it. It just felt like he, he, he came in there and it was like do or die for him. Basically. Like, of course you don't, you don't want to go back uh, to Phoenix. And I just could, every time I watched him take shoot a free throw, I could just see his like, Hit like him, like his butthole physically clenching as he shot them, and I was so hyped because this is what he needed, bro, to ascend to that extra level as a shooter. My shooters know what I'm talking about. Uh, and also, just to go back to what Daniel was talking about, yes, Sean, there you go, the follow through with the butt clench. Uh, like just seeing what Bud was, Bud was just like, look. Fuck it. I got the best player on planet on the planet, according to Kendrick Perkins. I got Chris Middleton. So I'm finna put Giannis in these pick and rolls. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I was so happy for Coach Bud to realize, put Giannis in post or let Giannis feed off of the teammates. Let Drew, let Chris get open middies. Like, we saw Chris Middleton ice the game. I was so proud of him. Like, I'm telling you, I'm a Chris Middleton fanatic as well. He just iced it. He just said, D-Book, that's how you shoot a shot. That's how you close it. Chris Paul, you forgot how to make mid-rangers. That's how you do it. And I was just happy for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I was just kind of looking at Chris Paul's stats. And if you just look at the stats itself, like 26 points in game six, five, uh, 26 points, five assists, um, like it, it looked good. 11 of 19 from the field. But there was something missing from Chris Paul's game. And I think a lot of it was 
turnovers. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but when do you see Chris Paul turn the ball over? It, almost never. And Milwaukee and Drew Holiday was able to turn him over. I think it was five times in, I want to say it was game four, but I'm not sure if it, which one it was. But it, it just, it's baffling to see, like, Phoenix, like, had it. And they just let it slip through the crease, and 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought I just thought it was interesting to see Chris Paul statistically played pretty well in the series, but if you go in depth, you notice that he didn't quite have the Chris Paul mid-range magic that we always see. I don't know what you guys if you guys are thought- didn't have that Mamba mentality, that takeover mentality. Like, give me the ball. We gotta win this game. Like, we just we can't let this. We can't we can't lose type shit. Like. Yeah, he just didn't have it. I don't. It's, yeah, why don't we get into that? That could be like the next little takeaway. Come on, what do you think about like Chris Paul's legacy now that he did make it to the final? So you gotta give him credit for that. And then he had just another disappointment where, like Daniel described it perfectly, he played well, but they didn't win, and it felt like he could have done more. Yeah, he's not coming back to the finals, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this is this is my prediction. I feel like this was the year for Phoenix. Why do I say this? I say this because you're going to get hopefully a healthy Lakers next year, right? The Warriors are retooling. I'm telling you, Klay Thompson is a huge difference maker. The Warriors are retooling. Uh, teams in the West are still rising. Like, I know uh, Jamal Murray won't be back really next year. Uh, they definitely don't expect him to be back next year. He doesn't look like he's coming back for the playoffs either. But still, like, there are teams that are just rising. I don't think Phoenix makes it out again. And also, we forgot about the clip. Clippers. They beat the Clippers, but who wasn't there? And like the series still went back. Exactly. Fun guy. The, st- the series still went back and forth, right? Paul George sold two games in a row type thing. So I just think Chris Paul's not going to get back to the finals. Devin Booker, I think, he might get back to the finals one day, but I don't think Chris Paul's getting back. And also, it's, it's a huge stat that says only player in the NBA, NBA history to ever lose. Uh, Four series up 2-0. That's Chris Paul. Oh. No one has ever lost four series up 2-0 before in the NBA playoffs. Damn. And it's Chris Paul. Something something so you, about his leadership has to be something that's happening. I, so I you think his, his legacy is unchanged? With him going to the finals? Yeah. You think, like, his career, like, he's still just the guy that came close but is never going to get it? I think it's pre- it's pretty similar. If anything, I'm happy he was able to even do this because people didn't think he was going to get nowhere close. But if you look at the role he traveled to get there with the injuries that he was able to bypass, right? Um, then you could you could even argue the same for the Bucks that this wasn't really going to be their year if you know Kyrie or if Harden were, were fine. Uh, but then the road for the Suns is the one that looks the most atrocious in my mind. So that's what I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like it's just the same. Uh, there's there's something with him. I don't know. There's something with Chris Paul. He like a lot of people say he's not a great person, or he's uh-huh. like he's an asshole on the court. You know, he says something bad about Demarcus Cousins or Demarcus Cousins' kid or something. I don't know what he said. Something Marcus bad about Demarcus Cousins. Cousins. Is just an ass though. That's that's true. But he was yapping Demarcus Cousins walking around like his shit don't stink, and then Patrick Beverly know. pushed him, and he starts whining. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? I know. I mean, personally. I honestly could see, maybe not next year, maybe the year after, Chris Paul in a Laker uniform. Very What? I said, I don't know about all that. <laughs> like, 
dude, he's gonna want to play with LeBron. He knows he can't win with by himself. Like he's gonna want someone else to do it with. Like they're gonna like market it as like the old guys, uh, and then and then they're just gonna try and go win a championship. And I don't, I mean, I don't actually think that's gonna happen. But like, I mean, what do you do at this point? You're like, damn, that like that was my chance. Like Kelvin said, a lot of teams are up and coming or gonna stay at the top at the West. Um, and <laughs> so it's like. Mm, I don't know about that one. Like, I don't know what this, he's going to do. And, and to answer your question real quickly about, uh, like, his legacy, like, it definitely, like, I don't know. People are saying if he won the finals, he would be, like, top five. Like, he didn't. He wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, I would caution, like, people, like, to do that based on just one series performance. I'd say he's definitely a top ten point guard. Maybe, like, around the, like, six, seven range. Maybe one, we're having a slow week, we can, like, rank them. But I don't think... I don't know, like, you could say he sold, but he didn't, like, sell, sell, you know what I mean? He didn't, like, go full out Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I just, I think they're two very different uh, scenarios. People yeah. were, like, putting him in that same category, and I, I don't know, I just, I, I just think that he played okay, but he didn't rise to the occasion like a champion does, and he's not a champion, so. Well, here's the that. thing, here's the thing. Here's my little takeaway. One of my takeaways from the playoffs is, okay, in this crazy year, yes, the most All-Stars got injured in the playoffs ever. Which is kind of, which is fluky. It is fluky. I think we can all agree that maybe the Bucks and the Suns weren't the favorites that they got there. But as a star player or as any player, I think their ability is really a skill. Giannis, I thought he t- was going to tear his ACL. He came back like two days after, pretty much, like a week after, and he was fine dominating. Um, and I think that Chris Paul, his body betrays him in the biggest moments. It's because. He's played so much basketball, like his bike. It seems like in the biggest series, he his bike can just never hold up. And I think, like that is a skill. Like it's it might not be fair, but like some people have and some people don't. Like LeBron never gets hurt. Maybe this year he got a little bit hurt, but like you know what I'm saying. Like so yeah, that's yeah, what I it's think. Like, it's like size, you know. It doesn't pick people. No, no, it picks people, but you don't pick your size, right? Yeah. I can't pick if I, you know, to make it family friendly. I I can't pick if I'm like six foot seven or not, right? And I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a family friendly version. But like this is very true. This is like it's injuries. Or it's not injuries. Like Joel Embiid, right? Joel Embiid is a mammoth. You no know, amazing individual by what I've what I've read, right? But he's always gonna consistently be scared to life for getting a career ending injury. Right. There's there's numerous articles written about it. It happened almost this year and it, it happens in years before. He's get he there's scares, right? And for other players as well. So I think for Chris Paul is like also this man is just getting really old too. Like can we can we expect this again uh next year? What are we gonna see? No no. Uh, so they have know. to figure out his contract too, which is scary, scary. Oof. He wants to return though, so they'll they'll, they'll um, work on it. But well, it's because the the owner is uh he was a little cheap in the past, you know, kind of sold them, probably lost them a championship to be honest. And now history might repeat itself, but I think they'll resign him. I think they'll be fine. I agree with Kelvin. I don't think they'll. I don't, I wouldn't pick them as the favorites to make it back to the finals. What do you guys think about the Bucks' future though? We could talk about that a little bit. Bro, who doesn't want to go to Milwaukee? Actually, that's stupid. Uh, Brent no. Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> <Brent Forbes. laughs> I mean, Brent Forbes just wants money. 
It's true. He's got his ring. Now he just chased the bag Dead that ass. he's not gonna get. Dead ass. Uh, Delmore, you chopies. But um, <laughs> I think I think for the Bucks, like if you're like a old vet, or if you're just like someone who's just like fuck it, man. Why don't Why don't I go where Giannis is? You know what I mean? If I if like not gonna lie, if I'm like Goran Dragic, I'm like, why don't I fuck around go to Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Let me get a let me get a ring. I I can shoot a little bit from three. I'm like all right, uh, you know. Like I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity, um, to keep contributing because we saw the star power. Milwaukee has a star power now, right? They still need um pieces to keep filling it out because honestly, your cap. You just need like needle needle movers at this point because your cap is where Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton takes you, of course. But you're gonna need the some extra role players to come in because let's be honest, Milwaukee did not play too deep in the finals. So if I'm then I'm trying, I'm sure I'm trying, I'm trying to do a little song song. Will they be back in the finals? At one nope. point, yes. <laughs> like we're talking be- like next year or like three years from now or five years nope. from now. With within the next three years, they will really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just think about it. Like, yeah, you're like, you know that if the Nets don't make it next year, that team's gonna blow up. And if they win, they might even blow up. Think about like Kyrie could just make a decision to retire on. And obviously, it's not gonna happen. But like, there's the personalities on that team don't mix. I said it from day one. Like, they may get a championship because of their talent, but otherwise. You know, Sixers still got a chance, but other than that, I can't think of unless I'm missing something. It's those three, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, the Hawks will be pesky and stuff, but they're not making it to the finals. Okay, okay, okay. I was I was gonna save this right, but think about it. You're the Atlanta Hawks, right? A superstar becomes available. You have young talent. You have picks. I'm just saying, Hawks could do something in the future. They play, if they play their cards right, we agree. Oh, right, I mean, yeah. we talked about this, uh, maybe it was a few episodes ago, about kind of the situation they were in. Definitely, they definitely got a chance, but mm-hmm. I think it's no offense, Kelvin, but like, unless you, you're, you're six, <laughs> it's, it's a two team race. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Milwaukee, I think Daniel's right in that Milwaukee's in a good spot because they have, they have their core, like, their core is locked in. They got Drew. They got Middleton, and they got Giannis. And before the series started, or after game one, I was saying, dang, like they didn't trade for Chris Paul, they trade for Drew, and then Drew just whooped, <laughs> he whooped Chris Paul's ass. So they're like, they're in a good spot in the sense that like every year they're gonna have consistency, and they're gonna be in a spot where if the NBA is, if the league is a little weak one year, I feel like they could take advantage. But I don't know, I don't think they'll necessarily be the favorite any of the years, any of the next three years. But it's not a bad spot to be in. No, not at all. For sure, not, shit. Not I, at all. I would have taken a chip in this year, Ben Simmons. I don't, <laughs> I don't care when the chip comes. I would have taken it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you said uh, uh, Drew Holiday went from kicking the son's ass to being having his ass kicked by France. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the <laughs> Later down the road, we don't need to get into that right now. Yeah, but. I got a hot take, but I don't even think it's hot anymore. I think it's just like, I think it's oh. just a take. Like, I think it, I just think it's just true. I think that Drew Holiday, after this playoff performance that I've seen, 
he is the best perimeter defender in the NBA. And he played some of the best defense I've seen in a long time. Between and the Bucks did really, because they won in a really such an unorthodox way that we don't see nowadays. It's all about shooting, you know, all about scoring. Like the Bucks won basically just with defense and being bigger than the other team. And Drew the Drew Giannis combo on that end, that was crazy to watch. And like every time someone got hot, the Blue Nose would just be like, Drew, get on him. Like, anytime Booker got hot, like, I think I got the stat here. Like, Booker shot in this series 11 for 31 on Drew Holiday, like 32%. And he scored only 24 points. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. he's just amazing. Like, running around screens, he's thick. You got the fatty. Like, <laughs> hey, shots converted. He's just a beast on that end. Like, I haven't seen, I don't know, what do you guys think about that? I haven't seen anything like that from anyone just yeah. trying so hard on defense, picking up full court, like, showing any star down. That's crazy. I already, mm-hmm. I already know Calvin thinks there's a better defender. I already know. Pretty- oh, no. No. Drew oh, Holiday is oh, the I best perimeter gonna, defender. I thought you were going to say some Matisse Thibault kind of shit. Um, oh. No, no, I no. I wish. Matisse <laughs> is just too... He's too immature. Well, I mean immature. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, he's I'm wild. Mean, yeah, he's wild. He, he's, like, people will foul bait, and Matisse is like, cookies! And it's like, no, it's not cookies, Matisse. It's not cookies. So, yeah. But Drew Holiday is amazing. And I agree with Sean. Like, when you... You gotta like I see like I'm like all right, all right, imagine you're running around screens desperately trying to get open. You're heaving and breathing and 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 respirating, whatever that word is, if it's a word, and you turn around and see this big dump just following you every like you have no 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 chance because how is this guy sticking to you with that ass? So I agree. <laughs> Like it's demoralizing to be honest. I, I feel like a lot of those misses were because of just the uh the ass near it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'm gonna start putting the alert, the sus alert, <laughs> the police siren. <laughs> I will say this though, we 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 can wrap the uh up NBA real quick, but <laughs> think about we were at this point last year. You know, we were in October because of the whole COVID situation. What, what were people saying, like, after the Lakers heat series? They're like, oh, like, they're here to stay. Like, they're going to be back next year. No. Both teams lost in the first round, and neither team had home court advantage. Well, you could say, oh, injuries, well, whatever, another weird year not in the bubble. But I'm, I'm only saying that because it's like, don't just pencil these two teams in to play each other next year. Like, there's stuff can happen. Like, like I'm just trying to warn people that. That's oh, so fragile. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Um, I got a. I'll say one more thing. One more thing about the playoffs I've seen. I thought I think it's interesting because so in the playoffs, right? We've seen a lot of uh, great players hit clutch shots, and a lot of those clutch shots were mid ranges. So, you know, shout out to my boy Alan, mid range god. You know. He got the whole package. Um, so a lot of people, you know, on Twitter, on social media, you know, they're saying like the mid range is back. Like, and I agree. In the clutch, I think in the playoffs when defense is tied up, they don't want to give up threes and they want to give up layups. Like, yeah, your star player needs to kind of have a mid range game to kind of hit some clutch shots. Like we saw with Middleton, we saw with Booker, we saw with Chris Paul, saw with Kevin Durant. Even Giannis started hitting some some post fadeaways a little bit. 
um, and even Embiid to some extent too. Like, there's a lot of players, and I think that the game has changed in the sense that not everyone takes those shots, but the best players will. But I want to say that even though I think both can be true, like the mid-range is here to stay, but also the three is still king because if you think about it, like when the Bucks uh, stopped giving up corner threes to Phoenix, like they just couldn't score enough points. And I think if you if your offense can't generate open threes, like you're never going to win in today's game. And I thought that was just something cool that I noticed. Mm. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> that that is not something I thought about. But yeah, that hmm, I'm trying to trying to process that. I, I don't know, Calvin. Do you have any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I pump fake, dribble, mid range. <laughs> like, think about it. Um, like Sean's saying, teams are go are like really gearing towards because this is what the NBA has chosen. NBA has chosen three point galore. Uh, teams are gearing towards right. Um, defending the three point line and like we just saw Milwaukee do a great job at it. We used to shit on them for it. Again, shout out Cody, but but um, Milwaukee did a much better job this time. And what you gotta do? Pump fake, take a dribble in mid range, right? Like. What role players can do that? No, their stars can do that. We saw Chris Paul and even Devin Booker take advantage of it, but at the end of the day, uh, I feel like enough couldn't go down. So, let, also, let, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all. There was a moment, this is off topic, but there was a moment like in the in those fourth quarters, especially in game six, where I was just like looking at Phoenix's offense. I'm like, they're not going to make shit. I just like, it, it was just a feeling. I was just like, it just feels like, if it if it's an open three, it's a huge break, and if it's like anything else, it's not a good shot. That's just some, that's just something I noticed. No, I know you were saying because they didn't get any corner threes, like so they get them on like on like the wing or top of the key, and be like, okay, but how are you gonna score 110 points like that? How are you gonna score 120 points like that? Yeah, you you can do that one of every three games, but you can't afford to lose those two games, you know. So yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I just looked at this article real quick, and it's from last year. It says, "If Mike Budenholzer doesn't make a change, the Bucks may do it for him." <laughs> <laughs> so that just goes to show, like, those adjustments that he was making on both sides of the ball. Like, I mean, Sean was talking about defense. Like, I guess defense in the NBA is alive. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, think about games one and two. Cam Johnson. Cameron Payne, like, they, th those guys were splashing three after three after three. And what happened the rest of the series? They were basically silent, right? I mean, the, those guys were, were dead. And that, that proved to be very pivotal for, for Milwaukee and detrimental to her Phoenix. So, uh, I mean, another NBA season gone. Milwaukee, first championship since 71. Kareem, uh, the big O. So, congrats to them. Now we're going to switch gears because just a couple of nights from now, um, NBA draft, the, the up-and-coming next stars of the league will be have their names called by Adam Silver at the podium. So we're going to quick preview of the draft because we don't really know. <laughs> I would say we're all somewhat aware um, of the players, but I'm more interested in the reaction next week. Uh, but we'll, we'll still get into uh, some preview but I want to start at that number one pick, and I want to give Sean the floor to talk about what are the Pistons going to do or what are his Rockets going to do with the number two pick? What, how <laughs> Let's go. Play? My moment. This is my moment, boys. 
I just want to put out a disclaimer because, okay, we're not going to do a mock draft because we don't we don't feel like experts this year. But what we have to say about the draft is smart because also if you look at our track record last year, I don't know if any of us in that, but on WHCL, but like we got a lot of stuff right in that one. We got the Peyton Pritchard going the Celtics right. We got Lamelo Ball being the best player in the draft. We got I said Sadiq Bay was all right. He was pretty good. I, I thought we did a good job on that draft. So we bring you good content. Like, don't ever think we, we, we just half-assed this, right? But I got to talk about the Rockets. So, oh boy, we got the second pick, and the Pistons got the first pick. So it's going to happen. So reports from Hollinger and Shams come out, and they're saying that, you know, Cade Cunningham's workout for the Pistons wasn't all that. But you know who really impressed them in the workout? Jalen Green. You know, pretty boy Filipino. So... <laughs> He's pretty cute. But so what's going to happen? Are the Pistons going to pick Cade Cunningham like everyone is telling them to? Or are they going to try to trade out the pick? My prediction is the Rockets are going to trade for Cade. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So the Rockets have three picks in this draft, number two, number 23, number 24. They also want to package Eric Gordon at some point for the 13th pick with the Pacers. That might happen on draft night. If that happens, they also hold Detroit's first rounder for next year. And that opens up a lot of their flexibility because uh, I forget exactly what it is. But if Detroit doesn't have that first rounder, they're not going to be picking. um, Because of the protections on it, they might not have their first rounder for a while. Like, it might just go... uh, The prediction... the uh, What should I call it? The protections on it are really weird. So giving that back to the Pistons in a trade for a number one pick could potentially open up a lot of flexibility for them, and they could still get the player they want in Jalen Green. Or they could just do a smart thing and probably draft Cade Cunningham. I really want the Rockets to get Cade Cunningham. I think he's the best player in the draft. So I'm going to make the bold prediction that happens. There's no guarantee. Honestly, it's probably 50-50. Also, a lot of teams are kind of trying to move up for Cade because he's Cade. But like, what? So... We'll see what happens, but it's a pretty exciting time to be a Rockets fan. And if the Pistons screw it up, they'll never hear the end of it from me. <laughs> Amen. It is deserved. Mm. I mean, I, for me, it's a no-brainer. If you're Detroit, you have to pick the best player, and that's Cade Cunningham. But, like you were saying to me before, they're probably going to fuck it up. And <laughs> like, I just can feel the energy just coming and, and and we're gonna start off tomorrow by when this releases it'll be tomorrow night with a bang with Jalen Green as the number one pick. It's gonna be like the first pick, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Um yes, yeah, so that'd be interesting. Uh at number one. I hope things go well. Like you said, those late first round picks you have, I'll be curious to see what you do with those. I highly doubt you make those selections. Maybe try to package it and because we've been saying this all along. I, I think you might have even just said it. This draft class is deep, and it's very good. Like, last year, like, we all thought it was kind of tin. This year, it's very good. You want to have multiple. Like, if there's a year you want to have multiple picks, you know, it's this year. I, you know, if I were an NBA GM, I wouldn't ever make multiple picks in the draft. I just think it's useless. Like, once you get inside the top 10, the hit rate is just so low that it's not worth it. But this class is very, very deep. So I'm interested to see kind of these trades that go down speaking of trades by the way i think we need to talk quickly about the the trade that went down with uh 
Memphis and New Orleans. I know, Kelvin, you were very interested in that. Do you want to tell the uh, the audience the, what happened in your thoughts, Stuart? For sure. So uh, basically between Memphis and New Orleans, Memphis is going to be picking up Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and a couple of picks. Uh, more specifically, they're going to get the 10th pick this draft. And like Daniel was saying, this is a draft you want to have a top 10 pick in. Absolutely. Uh, and then they also get some some future picks. Not too sure which, uh, but I do know they get a, a couple more. And then New Orleans. New Orleans is like, okay, well, you gave up people you didn't want to pay, right? And you gave up picks because of that. You got you got salary off. What did you get back? Well, they actually got a good player. They got Jonas Valanciunas, a Memphis Grizzlies mm-hmm. favorite, fan favorite Jonas Valanciunas, Calvin fan favorite as well. And uh, other than that, I think they also got another pick. Not too sure what else. But I do know that it was a really interesting trade for, for me to see because it's like, well, we know what New Orleans wants to do in terms of cap room and fit around Zion, right? So I ask y'all, what do we do? We really think Jonas Valanciunas is going to be the long term fit next to Zion, like, cause he shot well, he shot on one attempt per game last year, shot like almost forty percentage. Do we want to see him take three threes a game? Do we want to see him be Brook Lopez take five, take six threes a game? What do we think, uh, you know, Jonas Valanciunas is going to be doing with the, with the Pelicans? Yeah, the Pelicans are gonna mess this one up. <laughs> they got yeah. Zion and Zion. Sorry, like we were trying to leave, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a good it's a good trade for them, and I think Jonas Valanciunas is a skilled player. He's a talented player. I think he could sit on the three point line and take some threes. I don't think he'll be a bad fit next to Zion. I think he'll be better than Stephen Adams was next to Zion. But the Pelicans, I mean, they got to figure something out, man. Like, if they just need to make the playoffs next year. Then after that, I don't know. They're going to have to get creative because there's no way in this day and age, like, any star could leave at any point. So if you get someone like Zion and he leaves, I mean, your franchise is, is doo-doo forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, man. Daniel, what are you thinking about um the long-term look for, for New Orleans because they do have cap space now. They could yes. bring Lonzo back yeah. or someone in, but how, how are you feeling about the Jonas? No, yeah, you, may, you make a good point. That's about the only positive thing you could really say. The thing about New Orleans is you would think building around... I, Sean's right in the fact that Valentinus is a better fit than Adams was, but like I feel like Valentinus is just going to be a big pain in Zion's ass. Like, the fact that he's probably going to be taking... Like, yeah, Zion's probably just like, I want... Let me take the shots. Like, don't do your little hook shots. Like, get out of here. Right. And Valanciunas is kind of a... He shoots, like... When I watch him, he, he shoots a lot of shots. He's not a... I feel like... Like a... He's not the kind of guy that pairs well with Zion. I mean, there's rumors that he already wants out. Like, I mean... New Orleans just seems like the place to die, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just not a great scenario. No. After, Go to New Orleans, you eat gumbo, get fat. After winning the lottery <laughs> and getting Zion, like every year, I, I, I guarantee you, this year they like start out hot and then they like fall off a cliff and then just finish twelfth in the West. I don't, 
It just seems like nothing ever goes right with the Pelicans. I don't know. I just, wow, that's uh, funny. This is a good trade for them, and we're like clowning them because <laughs> they they need to make the playoffs. They they're pushing yeah, for it. This is what they're doing. They're getting Jonas, who's a good fit. They're trading draft capital. They're getting cap space because you know, like Bledsoe. I mean, we didn't even talk about him. He's you know, he's great. So they so they're gonna try to sign someone. I don't know if they'll resign Lonzo, but now they have the opportunity where if they push their cards right, they could be like the seventh seed in the West next year. And if they don't get it, oh geez, then pain. Spain without the S. Also, when thinking about Memphis, you're bringing on, I don't know what y'all plan to do with Eric Eric. So You probably won't. Exactly. I don't know what you're doing. He's owed $18 million next year. Yikes. Uh, But, you know, Steven Adams, Still big body screen shutter. Steven Adams is still a viable player. He just wasn't great next to Zion. For Jaw, Jaw can't really shoot as well as he wants to, mm. which is a dumb f- saying because everyone can't shoot as well as they want to. Uh, so, but Jaw is actually improving. I just seen him knock some threes down in that, that game against the Warriors. And even so. But I feel like Jaw and, ja and um, not Zion, my fault. Jaw and Steven Adams, it's going to be fun. Like, you're going to see Jaw spin off people. Steven Adams going to set screens and apparently Steven Adams wants to start shooting threes too. Mm. That's a report. <laughs> I'm not all we'll hey, see. Uh, Steven, I think Dwight Howard wanted to shoot threes too at one point. <laughs> and you know what? He made more than Ben Simmons did last year. <laughs> I, I'm gonna pause it now. But hey man, Memphis, I, I get what you're saying. Like who who could you pick at 10? Uh apparently reports say they like Josh Giddy a lot. The, the Aussie, the Aussie, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, big playmaker, uh, Kyle Anderson type beat. But, you know, if you're Memphis and, and you want to get another young guy to pair with uh, Ja, why not do it? You know, this is a great draft class. Go ahead, go ahead, get your guy that you really like. Yeah. What's interesting is these two, so Ja and Zion were the first two picks of the draft. And then these two teams, if the Pelicans spend in free agency, they could just keep the cap room over to next year. But if they do spend and try to like go hard as like try to go all in to make the playoffs next year, like these two uh, organizations can have completely different strategies building around their stars essentially. Because what the Gozers are doing, they're getting capital, they're going to be trying to build long term around Jaw. And then in the Pelicans, Zion's kind of forcing their hand if they decide to try to go all in next year. So. It's, it'll be very interesting to see who comes out a winner <laughs> out of those two like organizations. My money's on Memphis, but that's just my opinion. I seem a little smarter. better, so we'll see. Yeah. All right. I really, really want to eat dinner. So, but we gotta, <laughs> we gotta finish this up. So, I want to give, I want you guys to give one player, not part of that top three one player you're really intrigued about maybe you like watching in college or someone you think the sleeper anything that you really like and just to kind of talk about uh i talked about them you want me to go first just just to because i already have mine all right so remember last year i told you the celtics were going to pick peyton pritchard at number oh, 24 25 27 maybe and i was right because i had some in because i just know i just know <laughs> You know, the powers year, that be. The powers that be, exactly. This year, 
I'm looking at James Booknight from the University of Connecticut, 20-year-old sophomore, explosive ball handler, athleticism, interior scorer, or his, some of his uh, pluses on Bleacher Report here. People are kind of a, you know, like a TJ McCollum, Donovan Mitchell type player. Um, you know, early mocks had him going in the top 15, but not in the top 10, somewhere in the 12 range. But he's had some insane workouts. And he is now projected to go number six overall. And I, I enjoy wa- I enjoyed watching him at UConn. You know, he's got to work on his three point shot and and uh, and some other things. But in general, I really liked his game. Uh, just sh- oh, he only shot thirty percent from three. So you got you got to pick that up in today's NBA. But uh, so my my dad has this, there's this website he goes on because he's a huge fan of UConn basketball. And there's this guy who who really. Uh, seems to know everything about him we don't know if he's like a family member we have no idea and he always gets everything right about book night whether it's like his injury history and like oh he'll be back this day and then he is like he just he just knows him really well and he says that multiple teams have expressed a lot of interest in him in the tops six to eight and that okc is one of them at number six so i would not be surprised at all if he's selected number six by okc assuming that they don't trade out of that spot so just 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 Food for thought. Man is a bucket getter. Exactly. B. <laughs> I can go next. All right, you got it, bro. All right. Uh, I'm gonna say, I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm gonna say James uh, Lee's camp. I don't know if I butchered that pronunciation, oh, but yeah, he's yeah. from Iowa. Um, so I didn't even know about this guy until a few weeks ago because I don't really watch college basketball. Like that. I just kind of, you know, I wait for the draft. So, apparently, man shot 46% from three last year. And, you know, he's the typical, like, wing, you know, tall, white guy wing. So, everyone, like, compare, and since he can shoot, everyone compares him to, like, Joe Harris, Kyle Corver, those type of players, you know. Duncan Robinson. Robinson. Everyone thinks he's the Duncan, next Duncan Robinson. He's probably going to go in the second round. But something that's very much surprised me and why I'm very interested in him is not only can he shoot, but at the NBA Draft Combine, he tested oh. amazing athletically. Like, he had, like, the second highest vertical jump. I think he was, like, fourth in agility drills. Something crazy. You don't really see that from that kind of player that they compare him to. And I'm very interested to see where he goes. And in general, this class seems to have a lot of shooters. And we're going to see how much teams are going to value that type of player. You know, if they're going to be a top 15 pick, top 30 pick, you know, like... Because before, no one really cared about that type of player. Like, Joe Harris was drafted in the late second round. So I wonder if this guy will move up on the last day or if he'll get picked in the second round, go to some, you know, good team, and next year he'll be raining threes on people. Mm. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to watch at Iowa. It seemed like every time they needed a big bucket, he was the one. Well, obviously, they have Luka Garza, but he, 46% from three, can't ignore that. I know, obviously, the lines are much, it's not quite NBA three, but. I don't know. That that's something that that he uh that teams are probably gonna look out for. He's projected number forty two right now on Bleacher Report. Uh, sorry, the Ringer. So that's something interesting to look out for. Interesting pick. For sure, for sure. And then for Kelvin's, I got for me someone who I really like is Kai Jones, uh, the big from Texas. Why do I like him? This man is so fluid as an athlete. Like, dog, I was, like, dead ass just watching clips of this dude run up and down the court on fast breaks because it was just so happy. Like, it made me happy. He's so fast for a big guy. And also, he shot 39% from three. Only 33 attempts, right? And like Daniel said, 
Lupin Lion's very different, but this is a very energetic dude. Just imagine him with a manipulating point guard, right? Someone who can shift the defense and just throw him lobs, right? And then let him get the occasional uh, corner three, right? For the big men that we saw in the finals, DeAndre Eaton had a great time running up and down the floor, playing his role and anchoring the defense. And Kai Jones is someone who I really like. He has to get a little tougher. Um, of course, he's very fast. Has to get in a little bit more strength. But I really like Kai Jones. Like, imagine him with uh, someone like Trey Young or even if he was able to go to the Suns because, we you know, you know, God knows they need help too. I would love Kai Jones on any team with a manipulated point guard and letting him get run as the, as the, as the man off the bench. <laughs> I think uh... he eats with that one. What? The great eats with that one. Yeah, yeah, seventeenth, seventeenth in the mock, so he'll go somewhere in the first round. Um, yeah, I mean, some other guys quickly that I'm looking out for. I like, I love Davion Mitchell. Um, Cameron Thomas might be a little sleeper. Uh, who else? Those are two guys I think of. Chris, Chris Duarte, the guy from Oregon. I. I mean, I watch guys in March Madness, and if you perform in March Madness, I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome. So, like, I don't have, like, the advanced scouting on these guys. These are just some of the guys I thought looked really good when I watched them. Um, any other guys quickly before we uh, wrap it up? Um, what's the guy's name? Sharif Cooper. Oh, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure about his projection. Yeah, I just love that type of player. Like, the pass first point guard who can make any pass to like can beat people off the dribble. Like I used to love Rondo, like before three point shooting was like required. <laughs> I used to yeah. think Rondo is so fun to watch. And he's just a little baby Rondo. So I'm curious to see how he does. Yeah. Also very young yeah. too. It'll be interesting to see if he could adjust to the uh, the game at uh so quickly at the age of nineteen, but we'll see. And then for me, I really like Bones Highland. He's just huge space creator really has a lot of swagger to his game also you know not sure if he is from the philadelphia area but i do know that he was playing a lot of games in the philadelphia area like just in the parks and shit and he, he's he's kind of a legend uh there, there was a video from him a couple years ago and it's crazy to think that that kid is who was cooking people on camera is getting drafted now so i'm a big fan of bones island all right you heard it here some of the guys we like to see where they land in Thursday night's draft. I'm excited for that one. I'm sure you guys are as well. We'll be back next week with maybe some recap. And then, you know, NFL is about a month away. Aaron Rodgers showed up to camp. Sean Watson might get traded. We'll we'll bring you everything uh, regarding the NFL vaccination. (laughs) The NFL is wild. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about that too. Um, But uh, other than that, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you. Peace.